You're stupid too as I You're stupid too as I You'll never live You'll never die You're stupid too as I Welcome back to the Better Off Dead Minute Podcast The podcast that promises not to order double desserts As we analyze the Savage Steve Holland classic Better Off Dead One minute at a time I'm Jason Hummel from Mondo Confidential. And I am Curtis Blaze from thesacknews.com. Today we are watching Minute 44, which starts with Joanne Greenwald telling Lane that she is only... I'm going to get this. Only going out. I keep reading doing whenever I get there. (laughs) Only doing him... (laughs) For her dad. For her dad. (laughs) Only doing him while thinking of her dad. (laughs) Today we are watching Minute 44, which starts with Joanne Greenwald telling Lane that she is only going out with him as a favor to her dad and ends with Elizabeth Daly singing the song One Way Love as a smoke pot explodes behind her on stage. Tell us all about this minute, Jason. Love to, Curtis. In the last minute, Lane was talked into dating his father's law partner's daughter, Joanne Greenwald. As minute 44 begins, Lane is standing on the front porch negotiating his way out of the date with Joanne, who doesn't want to date him any more than he wants to date her. 43 minutes and 8 seconds... Joanne gets out a calculator and begins to tally up the amount of money that Lane was probably going to spend on the date anyway, then presents him with a receipt for $13.67. At 43 minutes and 37 seconds, we cut to Badger in his room, reading the book How to Pick Up Trashy Women. At 43 minutes and 42 seconds, we cut to the high school New Year's Eve dance where E.G. Daly is singing the song One Way Love. The rest of the minute is Daly's performance of that song. Badger's eyes are so big when reading that book. Yeah, they're like Marty Feldman big, just boing. (laughs) Damn those eyes. (laughs) Too late. Yeah, he's learning the secrets of the ages in that book. In this minute, let's do the math here. He goes from reading that book, presumably for the first time, based on the look on his face, to start of the New Year's Eve dance. Which, there's a time jump in there, but they don't make it to New Year's Eve during that dance. No. I'm jumping ahead a few minutes here. We're going to come back to a room, a room full of trashy women. Jam-packed. Jam-packed. Standing room only. You can just imagine that it smells like makeup and sweat. (laughs) And maybe Jovan Musk. But that's for a future minute. Right now, we're getting ready to go out with Joanne. In the last minute, we found out Lane was going to go out with Joanne, and he pulled up in his rickety, rattly station wagon. There's nowhere at the door. We've got the dog. Do I have that right? Yeah. The, first of all, this actress, Joanne, what are we, we said what her name was yesterday. Uh, Rima Delaney, or Delane. I'm not sure exactly on the pronunciation. She doesn't have no credits, but she doesn't have a lot of credits. A couple of TV credits, yeah. I like this actress. Something about her is just really appealing to me. Yeah, I mean, she's perfectly cast, and she she has that vibe where you th- swear you've seen her in more stuff. She really does. She has She has this look to her, and she has a feeling to her. Oh, the coffee's ready. <laughs> she She definitely comes off like a pro. It's not just that she comes off like a pro. It's that she comes off like a person, like she's not acting. Yeah. The mics are super hot today. <laughs> hot mics. Along with the coffee. <laughs> Piping hot mics. 
you get the feeling from her performance that she is someone that would be in your circle of friends. She would just be that sort of angry person, but most of the time is pretty nice, but very no-nonsense. Very adult, or adult-like. It's kind of fed up with, like, kid stuff. Right. I mean, imagine someone in high school being so jaded to the dating scene that she's able to pull this off. (laughs) Which is, to wit, coming out and just hitting her potential date up for the amount of money he was going to spend on her so that they can call it even. (laughs) Why is she so angry with him? Why doesn't she want to date him? Did we touch on lesbianism yesterday? I don't know. It's... Ambiguous, really. I mean, we don't know if she has somebody else she's got her sights on, or she just doesn't want to date high school kids. Maybe she's one of those... Oh, yeah. Only dates uh, college guys? Yeah. That would explain why she's so comfortable around high school guys. Yeah. Just, eh. (laughs) You're beneath me. Give me my 1376. 67? (laughs) 1367, yes. Can you imagine going out on a whole date these days and spending $27.34? That's like a tip nowadays. That's like a tip nowadays. I tipped nearly a quarter of that for lunch an hour ago. (laughs) The tip for lunch, the fancy coffee afterwards, I almost hit the $27. So how are they going to spend that? They're going to... She she had a list. So we've got... Dinner, $10 per? Unless he's a cheapskate. Unless he's a cheapskate. $10 per. (laughs) That's like appetizers nowadays. That's like... Can you can you eat can one person eat for ten bucks at McDonald's? I guess if you get like a meal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. But you're not going out to sit down at a dinner for ten bucks. No. Double desserts? Yeah. Six bucks. Okay, now what is per. that what does that mean? They're both getting double desserts at three dollars per dessert? Or double desserts just mean they're getting two desserts, one for her, one for him? Or she's just getting double desserts. Well, she said she would order double desserts, so... So if he got a single dessert and she got double desserts, that means each dessert would cost $2. Yeah. So he would have a $2 dessert and she would have two $2 desserts. The next thing she says is troubling to me, and I can't figure it out. I went back and forward with the math. I've tried to figure it out. With tax and tip, it's $25. Yes. You get $10 for dinner, $6 per, well, $12 for dessert. Okay, so it's 20, wait a minute, $10 per, it's 20. (laughs) Okay, here's what we're doing wrong. It's tax and tip on 25. What's going on here is, did she say it's $6, she said $22 for dessert. So it's $10 per person, that's $20. Yeah. Okay, I, I see where I screwed the math up. It still doesn't come out though. And then it's $22 with dessert, which means it's a, dollar per dessert mm-hmm. if she's getting two of them or it's whatever but it comes to $22 tax and tip makes it 25 which is weird but it kind of works out if it's 7% it's 20 it's 49 cent and tip and 15% wow. yeah, 25 bucks <laughs> what <laughs> that is just a stingy tip even for me <laughs> I know right I know so so why $27.37 then? Where does that $2.37 come in? She says clearly, $10 for dinner unless he's a cheapskate, but she's giving him the benefit of the doubt. Double desserts. She's gonna, she was going to order double desserts at $6, plus tax and tip, $25. There's a mystery $2.37 that she's basically 
Basically embezzling. Basically embezzling from him, yes. <laughs> well, you know, she has a lawyer's daughter, so she knows how to work the angles. Yeah, but so does he. Well, he's not a lawyer's daughter. Yeah. He's a lawyer's <laughs> son. I'll tell you one thing, though, and this just goes back to my string theory, my better off dead string theory. Joanne's wearing a string tie. Oh, yes. Just like Mr. Kerber. And wasn't Beth? Yeah, I think she had a string tie at one point. String ties and framed pictures of people that you carry around. Yep. Local. This, this movie. Yep. Local custom. Embezzling. Yes. That's the conclusion we're coming to. She's embezzling. Go Joanne Greenwald. <laughs> I think my favorite side character in the movie. Really? More than the racers. I like her better than the racers. I like her better than the cheerleader, the basketball players, roller skater dude. <laughs> roller boy. Roller boy. Yeah, yeah. She's my favorite. I'm, I'm going favorite. How do you, where do you put her, where do you rank her in the list? Hmm. Never give the matter much thought. But yeah, she's... If, if you had to be friends, merely friends, not boyfriend, girlfriend, merely friends with someone in the movie, who would you most like to just hang out with, do a podcast with in this flick? I would actually go with Charles myself. That's pretty good. Charles would be very, very fun. I think he would get on my nerves after about three weeks. <laughs> It'd be like four or five good hangouts, and I'd be like, eh, I'm done with you, Charles. <laughs> but Joanne, I feel like we could just chill. Fair enough. Are you ready to talk about the most amazing book you or anyone will ever read? How to Pick Up Trashing Women? Oh, yes. The Womanizer. Yeah, from the uh, makers of The Womanizer, I believe, wasn't it? Yes. So this is a sequel book. <laughs> How to Pick Up Trashy Women, the sequel to The Womanizer. So I've got a question. Does Badger grow up to be the pickup artist? Ah, Robert Downey Jr. pickup artist? Yes. He's got the right look. The time's a little wonky, but... Yeah, because I think the pickup artist was probably like a couple of years after this. Right. It was just almost right after it. But here's the question. Is Better Off Dead. We've obviously placed it in 1985 so that we could figure out the time frame. Christmas, New Year's Eve, and everything. Yeah. Figuring out what day is what. But does it have to be 1985? Is it, is it a period? The music puts it in the 80s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Firmly in the 80s. <laughs> but, you, can't, you can't get more 80s in this soundtrack. <laughs> but if you're not going meta, if you're just going in-universe, can this music exist in 1982? Probably not, huh? Well, some of it. Dinosaur Jr. doing stuff like this in the early 80s. <laughs> Not stuff like this, but... Well, I mean, you know, sort of synth dance. It's distinct from New Wave, right? Right, because it's, yeah, it's definitely 80s dance pop. Right, and was that even a thing earlier than 1985? Actually, yeah, I think. I think it was there. Well, I mean, dance pop is always there. It just kind of mutates. You know, I'm just realizing the thing we think of as 80s music really went fast. Yeah. Just a couple of years, flash in the pan. Because 85, we were already getting like the, uh, the hair band, the hair metal, mm -hmm. pushing out the pop. And before the pop, there was the new wave. Which is basically art school punk rock. So what that means is we only, had, we only just had the 80s pop thing for just a couple of scant years. 82 to 86 before it was, uh, before it was out. Well, I don't know. I, I've heard some stuff from the early 90s that still sounds really... 80s dance pop myself before like the house music and rave stuff took over well not to put you on the spot but 
do you have any examples of like 90s pop of 90s 80s pop music <laughs> i am putting you on the spot aren't i yeah it it's like that was the kind of stuff that i was aware of but i wasn't really trying to absorb i can totally understand <laughs> and i don't care about looking it up because 90s 80s pop music ugh. <laughs> but the bottom line is we're pretty stuck I think we're pretty stuck. This has to be this has to be 1985. But the pickup artist now, on the other hand, the music in there can be 90s. The pickup artist could be 10 years after night. It could be 1995. The, the music would be a little retro, but we've got like the Beastie Boys, who were like solidly a thing in the 90s. Not their license to ill, obviously, but like Paul's Boutique. Right, right. So Badger. So bringing this all back around, then <laughs> this trip, <laughs> this trip down 80s pop lane. Badger could be the could be the pickup artist, if we if we flub the years of those things a little bit. Yeah. So he's just learning how to scam women and then using that in the '90s to get Molly Ringwald, who he actually falls in love with. Sixteen Candles. John Cusack was younger. He was one of the nerds. Yep. What was his name in Sixteen Candles? Hmm. Let the motorcycle <laughs> drive away. <laughs> It's the leader of the pack. <laughs> Big Mac. <laughs> Did he have a name? I think we're headed down sort of a dead end conversationally with that one. Did you happen to notice that Badger has a Cabbage Patch Kid knockoff? Yeah. I was fooled. I thought it was a Cabbage Patch. See, I knew because I had the thing that he has. Yes, I did. It was called a baby doll, and here's how it worked. All my younger brothers and sisters were getting Cabbage Patch Kids, and I didn't get one. And I had shown some interest in them, you know, during that, during that year that they were popular. And so the next Christmas, weirdly, when I was no longer interested, that's why I'm trying to maintain my cred here, uh, I got a baby doll, which is something that was invented in the 60s. And in fact, there was sort of a, there was sort of a weird lawsuit thing that went on, like the Cabbage Patch Kids got sued Maybe they didn't get sued, but there was there was discussion of a lawsuit from the baby doll people to the Cabbage Patch Kid people, talking awfully fast. The baby doll was the head. Now, the Cabbage Patch Kids had the cute button nose and the rosy cheeks. Jason is nodding. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the baby doll had like a nose, but instead of a button nose, it had like two nostril things that just shot off the side like airplane wings. <laughs> And that's what he has. That's what Badger has in his room. And all that would come with it is the head and some instructions for how to make the rest of the body. So Cabbage Patch Kids was just someone taking this baby doll concept and factory and, and putting it in a production line so they could create them. Right down to the concept of adopting them. Right down to the concept of them having their own names. These baby dolls, except you would just get a head in a box. If you were like a 60s mom who's going to sew one of these things, you'd get the head. Wouldn't that be creepy, a head in the box? <laughs> Sounds like something Spielberg would do to his like little sisters. What's in the box? What's in the box? Do it, Jason. Oh, what's in the box? Become vengeance. Become wrath. I suppose there's worse things you could find in a box other than a head. Oh, wait, what am I saying? <laughs> So yeah, not only did I learn that uh, there's allegations that the Cabbage Patch people stole it, 
But I learned that Xavier Roberts is a real person and is the actual person that invented the, uh, or stole, however you want to look at it, allegedly, the Cabbage Patch Kid concept. Did you ever Cabbage Patch Kid when you were a kid? Did you ever have sisters, brothers that did the thing? You were the youngest, weren't you? Yeah, I was the youngest. Okay, uh, so. I never had one. I, I, was, I was the action figure kid. Okay, so it turns out, it turns out that these kids are born in a Cabbage Patch, and that Xavier Roberts is the, I don't know, whatever, the, the stepdad? You know, actually, now that I think about it, I don't know what Xavier Roberts' relationship was to any of this. Broker? <laughs> oh, God, baby broker. <laughs> uh, we're going to get an angry letter or two. <laughs> I predict not. It is now finally time, though, for my favorite minute. In fact, my favorite second of the movie. Minute 43, second 42. We see Elizabeth Daly. And she's singing. You never know if you're the victim or the fool. Right to me. I can tell because she's looking right at me as she does it. Obviously. Yes. And her dress? Totally not connected. Moving independently. So there's a behind-the-scenes thing in the Powerpuff Girls DVD for the movie where they show some animation messing up where like the head and the hair is going a completely separate way from the rest of the body. <laughs> and actually that's kind of a that's kind of a common blooper that's in all animated things. Yeah. You'll watch it behind the scenes and it'll show like, oh the arm just floated off of the body of the orc or whatever. That's what her dress reminds me of in this scene. <laughs> it, it took me until just now to nail that down. I've been thinking about this for days. It's like it's CG animated and it's doing its own thing. Which really is just a uh Symptom? The result of E.G. Daly's sexy, sexy moves as a dancer. But it does the exact same thing. I'm going to take this pin out of it now as mom's Christmas apron. Apron. I don't know if you, you remember this from, from Christmas time. Yeah. A week ago. <laughs> <laughs> a week ago in the movie. Cast your mind back. But yeah, it kind of kind of reminds me of like those school plays where you'd have like the uh, cardboard waves moving in front of the action. Right. Exactly. It's exactly like that. Like, there's some kid below the shot holding up a cardboard dress that, she, that she's pretending to wear. And so she moves, but the, card, but the kid with the cardboard cutout dress doesn't quite move in sync with her. <laughs> that's the effect that's going on with yeah. this dress. It's amazing. She totally just is. She just totally is Tina Turner with her moves and everything. Oh, yeah. She's got the legs. She's got the look. She's got everything going on. She's got the stacked up hair. It's I find it crazy the amount of things she's been in that I like. You know, just starting with Powerpuff Girls. She was a voice in that. She was Tommy Pickles in Rugrats. And of course, where I fell in love with her, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Oh, yeah. Originally. Dottie. I mean, I knew she was in this movie and I saw it beforehand, but it was, it was her portrayal as Dottie that really, like, where I was like, whoa, who's this? Oh, and she was in Friends as Phoebe's ex-singing partner. <laughs> She's always had that voice. So as I was kind of, you know, looking up her background and, and what she's been up to, first of all, Buttercup has always been my favorite Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> and I, I think I always subconsciously knew that was her voice doing that, but I didn't, I didn't know it, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's such a I mean, I never put that together. Yeah, such a distinctive voice. Right. And it's weird because I was listening to some of her current music because I kind of wanted to catch up a little bit and find out what's going on. And she's got kind of a pop country would you say pop country? Pop country, pop folk, maybe. Pop folk. 
kind of thing going on. She's got a couple of different directions she's gone in over the years. Yeah. There was know. like a there was kind of a diva phase where I was completely disconnected. I couldn't I couldn't see her as I watched the video or the videos. I couldn't hear her voice until she got to like a chorus and started doing that thing she does when she sings. Yeah. But recently she made this video. And I want to share this with the listeners. We're going to link this video at the page. It's called Somebody's Loving You. And there's a scene in it that's a little cheesy, but mostly it's a really good example of like, if you close your eyes, this is the perfect example. If you close your eyes and just listen to her sing, you can totally hear the singer that was in this movie. Yeah. Like her voice hasn't aged a day. Her face, on the other hand, (laughs) she's a perfectly lovely woman. Yes. But I would not have guessed if you held up Ms. Daly's headshot from the 80s and her headshot from yesterday... I would not have guessed they were the same person. Whatever work she's had done, and clearly she's had work, yes? <laughs> yeah, we can say alleged. We can say alleged work. Yeah, Alle- alleged in capital letters. Okay, okay. She's no less lovely than she ever was, right. but she looks nothing like she was. Not to me. Sometimes while she's singing, you know, in moving video, you can kind of see her face come out a little bit, you know, the, the dotty. Yeah. But I think if I wasn't told it was E.G. Daly, I wouldn't have recognized her. Well, the style is different, too. I mean, it fits her, but it's different. It reminded me of Alanis, actually. Yeah, there was kind of an Alanis Morissette thing going on. So the video we're talking about is Somebody's Loving You by E.G. Daly. And it came out 2011. And it is kind of like, except it's unique. It's not It's not like she's copying Alanis Morissette. Right. And it's not just a list of things that That may or may not be ironic. (laughs) Somebody's loving you. And here's a list of things, of ways you can tell. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually a pretty touching video. Yeah, it's it's really sincere. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to end today's podcast by just telling you, yes, do go watch the 2011 EG Daily video. Somebody's loving you. But then when you're done with that... It is required viewing for this movie that you watch the video, say it, say it. Oh, yes. Just wow. What, <laughs> what a, let's just say plot. Yeah. What a plot. Videos in the 80s. I forget that they were stories. Yeah, they were mini movies. I forgot about that. I've just like written them off. It's like, ah, it's the 80s. Blah. Well, I mean, look at how many uh, video directors ended up being movie directors. Right? Fincher. Right. So we're watching Say It, Say It with E.G. Daly, and... Mm. <laughs> Scrumptious. Man. Who's, who plays her mom in that video? That is uh, Louisa Moritz. Okay, now, why do you know her? <laughs> because, well, for one thing, I'm, I'm a fan of the movie Last American Virgin, where she plays Carmela. Last American Virgin starring... Diane Franklin. Connections? Yes. We've got to post this video to the, uh, to the page. Most definitely. The world must be made aware, must be reacquainted slash made aware of this video. I wish I'd known about it when I was 12 years old. I would have been watching it like every time it came on. I would have taped it and just like looped it. Like <laughs> This is even better than, let me just say it this way. Say it, say it is even better than Samantha Fox's Touch Me. Yes? Yeah. Much better. And with that, we are out. Jason, where can people reach us? Well, they can leave us a voicemail or text at 712-830-7373. How else can they get in touch with us? They could, uh, <laughs> there's a BOD minute. 
at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Yes. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> How can they get a hold of us at Twitter? Um, at Better Off Dead Minute. Yes. Also, you can leave us a five-star review at iTunes. In fact, I don't know how you're getting this. I don't know what podcatcher you're using to listen to us right now. But do just look. Wherever you're at, whether it's iTunes, whether it's that thing that sounds like a stereo, (laughs) whether it's that other thing that's only for Android, wherever it is. If you like our show, give us a five-star review there so people can find us. And tomorrow, Friday, we will be examining... We will be sifting through <laughs> minute 45. <laughs> oh, Thursdays. I'm Curtis. And I'm Jason. Good night.